bagged and boarded time, bitches. Yeah, we about to set it off again. Let's go. Bagged and boarded second round, worth more green than an OG pound. We sound profound, the best motherfucking podcast around. With sleep, technique, haters want to mess cause we rep the geek. Mathematically impossible for us to bore you, we will Jimmy more you. Funny books and stacks of flicks, when we're not busting pod, we're macking up chicks. Don't be shook cause we changed the flow. Still Matt and Jesse, still the dope show. Still the place for the world to get their freak on and their fucking geek on. First two across country juncture. Keep pulse of this land will puncture. No, you're psyched, don't even try to conceal it, homie. You know why? We can feel it. Stay tuned, kick back, smoke up, enjoy. I got one more tip for you. Free your mind. It's bag and boarded time. Begged and boarded, I love. Begged and boarded, we got. Begged and boarded, this is. Begged and boarded, you know. Begged and boarded, my show. Begged and boarded, it's a begged and boarded, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Begged and Boarded. I am Matt Cohen, and I am joined by a uh, a very special guest who you might know from your dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mr. A Brendan Creasy. Brendo man, ladies and gentlemen, give it up. How are you guys doing? How's it going, sir? How's it going, digital voice sounding man? You sound like, <laughs> sound like a robot man. I could do a robot voice. Do a robot voice. Hello, I am Brendo Man. Dude, this no, is no my robot voice. <laughs> no offense, but it sounds like your normal voice, just a little weirder. I, I don't know what I'm doing, actually. Sorry. I think you should do the robot voice in real life and see if it, <laughs> see if it takes. At least people will remember you at a party and stuff. They'll be like, hey... Who was that guy with that weird voice that sounded nothing like a robot? <laughs> I met Vicky the robot. Who's Vicky from Small Wonder? Yes. Nice. I do not. That is a Brendan. That is an awesome segue to what this show is about. Hey, let me just get something hey. off the bat first. Hey, I'd like to thank you. Uh, welcome, sir. How does, how does it feel to? to uh, are you already? You're already over a minute. <laughs> wow. So I'm past. Well, I, I don't know. Lately, I've been doing like three minutes. I know, motherfucker. You've been getting greedy. Uh, yeah. Trying uh, to turn a Brendo right. Minute into a Brendo Molehill, or whatever, <laughs> however that goes. Uh, so, regardless, getting back to why you are joining me here today, uh, as we know, Jesse is currently in Alabama. Um, and Shout out to Jesse. I mean, yeah, he's not going to listen, because, well, A, a he wouldn't listen. I don't think he would listen anyway. Like, I just don't think he... Uh, particularly wants to listen to me talk for an hour, <laughs> which is kind of funny, I think. That's it, crazy. It is his show. I, I do. Well, I, I appreciate that, dude, but in the in the, in the the same way, um, I I don't think I would want to listen to Jesse talk for an hour because I don't, <laughs> it's just so weird. It's, so, it's such a, you know, you got to be there type of thing. Like, I don't know. But regardless, Jesse doesn't have internet right now because of where he lives. So the hiatus... That's crazy. The hiatus may be a tad longer than we anticipated, but Jesse will... Be back. Jesse will be back. But in the time he's gone, I thought, hey, this is a good chance to do some some stuff we couldn't do with Jesse here. And one thing we couldn't do was really talk about geek shit because Jesse is a fucking liar and a fake. 
<laughs> uh, like, yeah, he likes movies and he kind of likes comic books and shit, but, like, he's into football and he has sex with girl, or one girl, but still, and, like, he, he drinks hypnotic. Like, of all the geeks, like, <laughs> Jesse, Jesse is not, uh, my, my def, my dictionary definition of a geek. And neither am I and neither are you, I think, but I definitely think, I definitely think we are a bit more on that end of the spectrum than Jesse is, which, you know, there's a lot of times, um, I'll, I'll bring up a show to Jesse or a movie or a cartoon. Like, Jesse, Jesse is awesome at, at film. Jesse knows his shit, right? But Jesse doesn't know anything about anything semi-kid related, it seems like. We, we've like if I talked to Jesse about Vicky the Robot, he would just be like, what the fuck? Well, here's the thing. I've never seen Small Wonder, but yeah. I, I know enough about pop culture to know that A, Small Wonder was a TV show in the 80s about a little robot girl, and B, her name was Vicky. So if you say Vicky the Robot, I can fake my way in a Small Wonder conversation. I think... You're the same way for the large part, where you've heard of a lot of the same things that I have. We're also, what's funny is you're older than me, right? How old are you? I'm 29, I'll be 30 in June. If you don't mind. Okay, me and Jesse are 25. So if anything, me and Jesse should share all these similar tastes and, and favorites and stuff. But but if anything, it's me and you who have so much in yeah. common in terms of what we grew up with. I feel like we had very similar childhoods in terms of entertainment if that makes any sense yeah, apparently jesse didn't watch cartoons as a kid which i can't imagine that no he said he watched gi joe i think right or he watched like um he didn't watch kid he has a thing with kids stuff yeah he didn't watch like disney afternoon and, and stuff which was okay so let's just get straight to it dude jesse jesse is not really a geek <laughs> and we are, so let's fucking geek out for a little bit, dude. How about, how about this for an exercise? You know, a lot of people, I got a lot of emails and Twitters and, and that kind of stuff uh, asking me to talk about, you know, hey, man, why don't you guys talk about Facebook or talk about Pokemon or talk about One Piece? And I realize uh, there's so many things in my life that I'm passionate about that that there's there's too many to talk about on this podcast. Like, there's there's... There's entire aspects of my life that have never been mentioned at all on this podcast. And I, I think that's fairly interesting for a show that's now in its, like, I don't know, 50th hour or something. You know what I mean? So I thought today would be a perfect chance to just literally, like, let's just go through and list list our favorite shit, man. You know, maybe maybe it'll be some stuff that people haven't heard of before. Maybe it'll be some stuff they forgot <laughs> about, they knew as a kid. Maybe, you know, let's... Um, and no, and because we didn't prepare it or anything, like it's not it's not the be all end all top three favorites or anything. But yeah, like, none of this shit. We're like, you guys forgot this, and what the hell? I hate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're, I think we're lucky in the sense that that I don't I, I don't see I don't see much negative comments as far as like how could you guys like that movie and not this one? It seems like everyone's pretty. Almost, I don't want to say they're on the same page as far as tastes, but they seem to be cool enough to let people in, be into their own thing without judging, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I'm like fucking Ain't It Cool News or Rotten Tomatoes or one of those things, it's like fucking Auschwitz. Yeah. They're, 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 they're hives of scum and villainy, sir. Name the flick. I agree. Name the flick. I don't know. I'm not good with quotes. A New Hope, dude. A wretched hive of scum. Oh, there you go. A wretched hive of scum and villainy. Fuck. See, I always, I build you up to be some geek fucking. Creep. I know. I'm horrible. Like, do you think you'd be good at those pop culture contest 
things? I do, except for quotes. I'm not really good at quotes, but I did. I, I kick ass at seeing it. And the like, World, World Series everybody. of Pop Culture, that sort of thing? I did audition for World Series of Pop Culture. Very cool, man. So we're on it. Why don't you uh, – let's get straight into it. Someone someone mentioned to me, uh, Matt, I heard – because I think I, t- I mentioned that I wanted to dress like the parrot from Twin Peaks for Halloween and be like, <laughs> Leland, stop it, Leland. You're hurting me, Leland. Um, and someone said, well, how come you guys have not mentioned Twin Peaks? So let's let's go with all-time favorite TV shows. Twin Peaks, if not my number one, is is definitely in there. Uh, I caught Twin Peaks a lot later in life. You could jump in if you want. I caught Twin Peaks yeah. a lot later. I mean, I was obviously way too young when it first aired. What? what, what when did it air? 89? 89, and I didn't watch it, but my parents did, and I knew everybody was talking about it, and I tried watching it once, and I... My young mind just couldn't comprehend what I was watching. Now I remember, I remember a hearing of it. Like I was aware of Twin Peaks my entire life, and from a young age. So it, I must have been semi-aware when it was a big pop culture event back in '89. But I had no idea it was a TV show. I had no idea anything about it. So I caught on. I got onto the Twin Peaks game late in life, dude. As far as like an hour-long serial drama goes. I mean, I love Lost, which is also I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put in my top three. Boom! I'll give you my top three right now. If off the top of my head, sir, three TV shows that have have and I'm not I don't really want to go into comedy because it's a whole different subject. Three TV oh. shows that have definitely shaped my life, or as far as what I you know. See, mine two of mine are comedies. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that for a separate list. Sketch comedy shows. Well, they're not sketch comedy shows. I'm gonna go with. Twin Peaks, South Park, and and program called Lost. That's that's a good that's a good list right See, there. I, I'm gonna... I hesitate to put Lost on there because it's so new and because it's still on the air. But I I mean I fucking I really love Lost, dude. Like I I uh, it's really the only thing I watch. It got me back into TV. I have never in my life gotten more excited. For on a, on a, you know what I mean for a TV show than I do for Lost. Like I can, I can hardly yeah. breathe, I can hardly breathe when it comes on. I'm so fucking excited. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. If Definitely. I'm if I'm gonna grade a show just on how it affects me, Lost has got to be up there. And South Park is the one fucking constant in my life. Actually, we'll get it. South Park has been around since I'm in fourth grade. See, it, I think this is an age thing here. When I tell you mine, go for it. Okay, because my animated show is The Simpsons. See, like, I, I can't do it, man. I can't. Oh God! I, I've watched The Simpsons since day if, if one. We were, I, if we were recording this podcast in 1998, Simpsons would be the top of every list. For me, even 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 though it's it's hit its you know low lows, what the I last still, twelve seasons? It's now it's now more bad than good, right? This season it is, but this season's kind of picked up a bit from previous horrible I mean, horrible. How many, what's, what season is Simpsons? 20. We're on 21, I think. 20, and I stopped watching at 11, and it kind of got crappy-ish around oh, 9. Gosh. But even even the bad seasons still have glimmers of greatness, and for me, it's still better than a lot of the shit that's on. And I can just the fact that I can still pull out seasons 1 through 5, and I can watch those episodes over and over and over and over and over again... Like that to me is a great show. It's a shame. It's a, it really is a shame that Simpsons fell out of my life. I mean, because Simpsons, well, as a kid, like that was I. I'd seen every episode up until season eight. I'd seen every episode like ten times. Like I had the yeah, books. yeah, yeah. I knew me every, too. I knew every quote. Like I, I was a Simpsons freak. 
And then I just stopped caring, man. And I guess it's cool that at one point in my life I'll have like 15 years of New Simpsons to watch. Yeah, I just, for me... I just don't know that I'll ever catch up. I don't know. I went out and started buying the box sets a couple years ago when they were putting them out in the hopes of, okay, you know, I'll do this, and when the new stuff comes out, I'll just buy that, so I'll get to watch New Simpsons. But I stopped caring. I stopped around season six. Like I For me, it's just too much a part of my life to ignore it. Like, it's just a, in the fiber of my being. It's in, Dude, I would agree. But I, it's amazing that out of anything in my life, the one thing I excised fiber-wise, if you will, if I shut out, was, yeah. uh, was the fucking Simpsons, dude. I mean, I went through periods where I didn't watch... And I still, but I just, I can't, it's, it's just, I mean, it's been on since I was nine years old. I'll give Simpsons this. It's, that's not true. Yeah. You were way, 89. you were way younger. I was, it was 89. I was nine years oh, old. Oh, I was only five. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I was only five. Uh, Simpsons, if anything, I'll give Simpsons this. They were an incredible great gateway drug, if you will. Yeah, 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 definitely. Meaning, and it, it helped meaning, usher it in. It primed me for South Park. By the yeah. time South Park was, was around, I was so, so ready for anything well, don't get me wrong. I love or edgy or... Yeah. Like, to me, to me, the reason I watched Simpsons as a little kid because I wanted to be Bart Simpson. He was the <laughs> epitome of cool. Once Cartman came onto the scene, Bart, oh, God, yeah. Bart looked like the nerdiest... Yeah, tamest definitely. Kid in, uh, of all time. Once Eric Cartman entered the modern foray, if you will, fucking like nothing has ever been the same, dude. That no. that's got to be the if not one of the most iconic characters in in, yeah. in fiction history. And don't get me wrong, I love South Park. I love it. I I think Trey and Matt are fucking geniuses. I'll watch anything they do. Um, but for me, like Simpsons is one of those shows. Like South Park's definitely in my top probably five. Ten, okay, maybe, so rock your other three. I got lost. Twin okay, my years. other three. See, here's here's where we go on like a different path completely. Yeah, I'm because, sure. Because um, number one is, for me, number one is, is Freaks and Geeks. I've never I seen. I've never seen. Absolutely love that show I've never with seen all my heart. Five seconds of it, and I got no interest. Which is I love that show. Like seriously, and for me also, it's that pride and that. I watched it when it was, you know, like now, like everyone's like freaks and geeks. And it's kind of that, like I was there (laughs) in the beginning and I went and I, and I, I met Judd Apatow at a freaks and geeks thing back in like when he was just like depressed as shit, thinking his career was over. How many episodes were there? Six? No, there's like 13. Are there? Let me, I can check on that. I mean, it's not, not, it's not a big deal. I've just, I, it's it's one of those. It's like 12. That's one of those shows where um, there's a new show like that, Always Funny, Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, but that show's been on forever now. No, but what I'm saying is I will never I will never be able to watch that, just like I'll never be able to watch Freaks and Geeks because it's been built up to such an incredible hype. Yeah, see, I, but I don't know. I, even- it's like The Wire, which I caved and I was glad I did, but like people send me episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia and, and I don't watch them. I'm like, I don't. I, I I'm not investing in this fucking. You can't yeah. you can't change my mind. Like hey, there's four there's eighteen episodes. My bad. But here's the thing with freaks and geeks, and I literally every single person I've ever showed it to, even like now, is just like holy shit. And it's like because what about it's it? just that it's an amazing show. <laughs> you know, like everybody I've shown, like even the most hard and cynic, you might be different because you're just like. You seem like you could get yourself into it no matter how great it 
is you like you could you could work yourself up to that point. What are you talking about? I don't know. You just seem like you could do that. Do you not, seem not like it. Yes. Even if I like it. Yeah, maybe you would force your brain to be like, but I don't think no because you like all kinds of shit. Well, I think I you, like I like um I like knocked up a lot. Well, if you like Judd Apatow stuff like this though, is like I even would, I wouldn't say I like Judd Apatow stuff. I like knocked. That's why I like, said I like knocked up a lot. Well, this I don't know freaks and geeks because I think Judd Apatow is definitely like he's gotten his own, but freaks and geeks is not just Judd Apatow. It's this dude named Paul Feig. Feig. It's all Feig, apparently. Because for, ye- for years, I said, for years, I said it was based on my high school. But then someone, Ken Plume, corrected me and said, "No, Paul Feig. Feig is the one who was the show runner. He created the show, not Apatow. No, but Apatow gave it his spin. So it's like this beautiful mix of comedy, yet it has heart, and these characters just." I don't know. I can't. There's nothing been like it, and I love it. All right, beautiful. Number two um, is um, we were talking about HBO shows. For me, number two is uh, is Six Feet Under. I've ne- that's another show I've never seen. I've never seen not one minute of. Well, there you go. I uh, love it. It's something that speaks to me in so many ways. Well, you've got per- okay. I'll give you that. All right. Now I put South Park on my TV list. Because it's like one of those – it's when they nominated an animated film for, for best animated film and also gets nominated for best film. To me, it's like that. So I'll remove it from my cartoon list. Top three cartoons, sir. Oh, man. I've, um, got, I've got my number one other than what's South your number Park. One? Home fucking movies. Yeah, I'm going to have to – I definitely put these in my top three. Just because the main character's name is Brendan. He doesn't spell it the same as me. I mean, as far as the show that snuck up on me, like I wasn't aware. I became I became a fan of home movies before I was aware. Before I was involved in the improv scene and, and became aware of you know who everyone was and Squiggle Vision and the whole history. To me, like I, I, there's not a, like a, a wittier, like drier, like I don't know how to describe. I can't describe it to people. It's yeah. um the dialogue. If you've never seen home movie, folks. Uh, the the way they deliver dialogue on the show is really natural, and they don't they don't edit out stutters and pauses and and word um when you mess up a word or ums or anything like that. So if anything, it seems like they just it, it makes it so real for some reason. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's just like it's like people just kind of like it's these kids just it, talking to each most other. Conversational show of all time, I feel like like, but but it rings true and it's fucking insanely hilarious. It's um, Brandon Small and John Benjamin, and I can't remember who plays Melissa, are the three. But um, mm-hmm. I dude, I love home movies. All right, so that's one, two. I recently uh, went back and and. Acquired all of these episodes. They're not on DVD, so I had to do some downloading, and I rewatched them all. And with a, a, I loved it so much that it made me go check out the guy's new show, which I'm also a huge fan of. But B, like fuck, it holds up. Rocco's Modern Life. Yes, that was my number two. Was it really? Yes, Get the I love that up. show. See, this with is why we have shit in common, dude. Because who the fuck would who the fuck still remembers Rocco? Let alone even oh, in their favorite shows. I love that show. Seriously, the old Nicktoons 
I know now, like Nicktoons people is they're like, oh, it's for kids. For and I'm like, dude, those shows were not for kids, man. Our I was cla- in your high cla- school. Our classic lineup of remove Doug from the equation because Doug. Was I love Doug. See, I like Doug, but it was never. Doug's like my number one, man. Boom! You got Ren. Is it really? Well, I don't know. They're so they're all four of those shows. Even Rugrats. What dude. four? Even- I love Rugrats. What four? Do you it's know? Rugrats, Doug, Ren, and Stimpy. I don't know what the fourth one is. Rocco. Rocco's Modern Life. There you See, go. There's that was the original four. I'll throw the fifth one in there because I liked it. Do you remember? Ah, what- real monsters. Yes, dude. You are a fucking geek. I love that. Oh, come on. Monsters. I have the Nicktoons book. I've like got, the table I've, I've, st- I've still got my Eco Blina and Crumb figures. I know. I saw those. <laughs> uh Nick t- Nick was the shit, dude. So yeah, Rocco. If you haven't seen Rocco, if 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 you don't know. Oh. Dude who did Rocco's Modern Life does a show now on Cartoon Network called Camp Laszlo. Yeah. It's fucking great, too. Yeah. It's about a monkey. Isn't Laszlo a monkey? I think he's a monkey. It's about, like, a sleepaway camp. and it's, and it's Yeah, I've seen, a, I've seen a few episodes. I need to watch more. And my third... It's, it's a tough... To- it's a toss-up, dude. It's tough. Because I would love to say Batman Animated Series. Oh yeah, but I haven't wa- I haven't watched it in long enough. You gonna say X Men? I'm gonna say X Men. Yeah, see, I don't know. I that probably that would probably replace Doug because I love Doug. I don't know. I just I thought it was so it was really great. But yeah, X Men is just for our generation. That's like it. I remember being in like sixth grade. I remember being in like sixth grade. Speaking of X Men, uh, thank you, Brendan. <laughs> We're going to try a little experiment at the end of the show today. We're going to put it at the end uh, in case you want to shut the show off because you're bored because <laughs> I fucking apologize. Uh, so Jimmy Moore came over the other night and hung out for a long time, and we decided, uh, me and Jimmy, to um, present you with the first edition of Bagged and Boarded Radio Theater. So uh, in about... <laughs> 20, what is this? In about 20 or 30 minutes standard time, whatever time you're in, uh, you're going to be hearing the first part of second, oh, your X-Men thing. second Genesis, a, a radio play by Matt Cohen. Um, so I can't wait. It's just a tease. Thank you. You're going to listen, man? You're going to listen back? Oh, hell yeah. I'll listen back. I love to listen to myself talk. Come on, man. Look at me. <laughs> All right, dude. So that's cartoons. Name yours. Go. Doug. No, no, no. It would have to be Rocco, um, home movies, and X Men. Wow. Same. Really? Yeah. You're yeah. F- you're creepy. I mean, I was going to put Doug in there, but Don't then I that, thought about X Men. The only thing I remember from Doug is the song Patty, you're the ma- Patty, you're the ketchup on my hot dog. <laughs> Patty, you're the mayonnaise like for me. The characters. I love Skeeter. I, I'll, give you, I'll give you Doug on Nick was good. When it went to ABC, oh, yeah, not fuck good. That. that was terrible. It was not good. When, when Roger became rich, the show jumped the boat. Yeah. Porkchop. <laughs> the only better dog than Porkchop was Spunky. 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 Spunky's but No, Shark dog, Sharky's a pretty great dog on Eek. He's good. Yeah, but Shark, Spunky, Shark, Shark, I love Come Spunky. on, Sharky the Shark Dog. <laughs> I love the episode of Rocco's Modern Life when Spunky like gets lost on the beach and he ends up getting packaged in the meat yes. and then Rocco's running around and he ends up buying, he has to buy back Spunky. Dude, there were so many Rocco quotes when I was a kid with my little brother. Like a big one was, remember the DMV episode? No. Rocco's no. got to get his driver. It was, he had to get his driver's license. He had to take a road test. Okay. 
And you remember, like, the, he got, like, the... Yeah. Everyone was scared. Rocket was scared because he got, like, the bad-sounding teacher. And then he found out later that the really horrible one was, like, 400 feet oh, tall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway... Uh, at one point, they're watching the, the, the uh, like, Tales of the Road Rage PSA video. And someone says, like, hey, don't act like a wild pig. And this pig stands up and goes, I'm a wild pig. <laughs> so as a kid, that was big. The, I'm a wild pig. My brother and I was always Mrs. Big Head. How dare you? There's that. And in that same episode, that, uh, no, it's in the Wonder, it's a Wonderful Life thing. They're like, Daddy. Mommy says every time a, a a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. He goes, "Well, your mother's a filthy liar." <laughs> I, I love Mister Mrs. Big Head. Mr. Mrs. Big Head was great. Remember their son who was lived in California yes. and was was the hotshot animator. Yes, yes. What was the name of his show? It was um, uh, it was it wasn't the Big Heads. Was it, it the Big Heads? I think it was the Fat Head. head. Might have been the Fat Head. Yeah, because it was about his parents. Yeah, totally, dude. Oh, dude. So like we got TV, boom, sketch comedy. Do you got anything? Um, for me, uh, I would have to say well, SNL, like because I grew up, Ew. pretty much like the like probably starting with like the Sandler, like Phil Hartman era, okay. you know, and and then Kids in the Hall, like because it was on after SNL on Comedy Central. Yeah, I remember because it used to freak me out as a little kid because I, I would watch the SNL reruns after school and then I'd be like, oh, that gay Canadian show is coming on. <laughs> it was all those cross dressing. Yeah, like all that cross dressing and weird. They love the cross dress. Or no, there was also the gay the chicken the, lady. No, and the, and the, the gay toughie sketch. Or yeah, when they'd all be hanging yeah. out in the parking lot, they'd all be super gay. Like I, as a kid, that show was way too subversive and bizarre for me. It, it, yeah. Uh, and then you know we got to go with classic Monty Python. Okay, I will go Python number one, number two, and then I will list. Though the third isn't really, eh, no, it would be a sketch show. I will list my two one hundred percent biggest influences in comedy. You, I okay. think you could probably guess. Um, Upright Citizens Brigade is number three. What's number the state? Two? Nope. I don't know. Mr. Show with Bob and Dave. Oh, Mr. Show, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I would well, say. See, my other favorite, see, I got so many, like Mr. Show, Ben Stiller Show for me is huge. I like the Ben Stiller Show, but they only did, what, 12 episodes? It was barely, yeah, but they're so funny. Oh, my gosh. I and mean, when you find out all the people, like David Cross wrote for it. Yeah, no, it's, Bob Kirk. It's that's Odin, how they met. It's Odin, Apatow. It's Odin, Tur- it's Odin Kirk, Garofalo, Andy Dick, and Ben Stiller. Like, that's a good yeah. cast. It was a great cast, and then the writers, Apatow, David Cross. My favorite is still the Manson sketch. The Manson. Manson. What's that, Manson? Timmy fell in a well. Manson, get home for supper. I'll be, uh, when I'm the cook, brain stew will be for supper, Jack. <laughs> oh, Manson. And now, a listener-submitted rant. Prepare your ear holes. Yo, what up, Bagden Boarded audience? This is Shane Peasy, Does T, and we're from the Body Body Squadcast. Yeah, we're here today to talk to you about how nothing's fucking classic anymore. I'm sick of all this bullshit, uh, you know, crappy movies, um, you know, most TV shows and stuff, except for like hour-long dramas, there's like no effort put into. Everything's went the way of reality TV, and not even good reality TV anymore. It's always ridiculous, like, games, 
like um, Real Chance of Love and stuff like that that are like terrible, terrible shows. If you want to know like real reality TV, like the original reality TV was like America's Funniest Home Videos or Cops. You know, that's like real videos of real people in real reality. Yeah, instead of the setup like reality. Yeah, yeah. they're put into a situation that you would never even be, you know, encountering reality like unless, you know, you were in a game show. Yeah, and uh, movies have changed too. Like, I I see a lot of CGI and I don't mind it sometimes, but a lot of times I see movies relying on it for, for like, uh, cheapness or something. I don't know what goes into it, but it just seems like it cheapens the movie itself. I mean, you know, you still have some goods. We're not saying everything sucks, but just in general, if you go look back at the classic movies from, like, the 80s, early 90s, you could see, like, how fun they were, you know, original cool ideas, and, you know, these new ones are just all rehashes, remakes, you know, it just fucking pisses me off. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just because, like, there's so many more movies coming out now, or if, like, they actually put that much more effort into movies and shows and stuff like that back in the day. A good fucking example uh, TV show is like take a look at Nick at Night now you know the channel when I grew up it had classics on it you know everything was like you know like 80s or before fucking just within the past like five years probably all the shows are like George Lopez show fucking you know according to Jim shit that was on in like the thousands they made TV land you know to, to put on the old shows you know that was their excuse I think TV Land just has, like, fucking their own, like, reality shit and fucking, you know, stupid-ass shows. You know, that's, you know, even the channels, you know, all these channels that started out with a certain theme, like, sci-fi or, like, uh, um, what's... The Man Channel, what's that fucking one? Spike, all these fucking, you know, they started off with a certain theme, and now they just show, you know, all movies, fucking shows, like any other sh- channel, like TNT or something. Yeah, and then you get the... the Weather Channel showing movies now? Yeah, th- then the, you get the cloned channel or whatever, like the MTV2s and stuff like that, or like, um... like Dude, I, that that's the problem, I think, TV show-wise, is there's just all these more channels, so they're just they're gonna make a hundred more things that suck, rather than, you know, focusing on making a couple of quality things. Yeah. Movies wise too, like like you see the amount of money spent on movies is, is increasing so much. Well, 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 it looks like we're already running out of time. We could just keep on fucking, you know, talking about this kind of shit forever. We got tons of examples and shit, but I, you know, I guess we better keep this under four minutes. But uh, um, if you want to hear more about our opinions and shit, go to BattyBattySquadcast.com. Uh, that's where you can find all our podcast episodes, and we'll see you guys later. Yep. Thanks, Matt. Peace. Um. Very good, sir. So, okay, speaking of Python, I recently, I don't know why I haven't been using this term my whole life, but Anglophile. I'm definitely an Anglophile. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, I don't know why I, that, that term, I don't, I don't know why I didn't know what that, I, okay, flat out, I'll admit it, folks. Matt Cohen didn't know what a word meant. I had no fucking <laughs> clue what Anglophile meant. And then DC said it on my interview with, with Derek, and I was like, Anglophile, word that means American person that likes English stuff. Boom. Yeah, I didn't know what it meant until I was in college and I had a Union Jack hanging in my window and someone's like, you goddamn Anglophile. I'm like, definitely an Anglophile. What would your favorite – you would consider yourself one as well? Yeah, I mean besides Python, I mean Faulty Towers, I love that show. Black Books. Black Books I'm a huge fan of. Oh, God. Um, I like – I really gotten into um, It Crowd. I like it. You know what? I really like it. Crowd. I watch, dude. Like I watch almost every British show on on TV. I like it. Crowd a lot, actually. I'm starting to branch out more. I recently found a site dedicated just to BBC shows. 
Really, I'll, I'll I'll hook you up with a list or whatever. But um, I'd say outside of Python, my my number one would have to be a show called League of Gentlemen. Yeah, I've heard about it. I it's, need to watch a, it. It's a sketch. Okay, the only way I can describe it is it's sketch horror. Okay, it's the world's only comedy horror show. It's horrific. It's <laughs> it's grotesque and bloody and disgusting. Sounds and, awesome. And morally repugnant and like. Like just horrific, and it's and it's filmed like a horror show, mm. and and it looks like a horror film, but it's fucking hilarious. It's really hard to describe. It's it's the darkest of the dark, which nice. isn't true because there's a darker there's one darker thing. Though I wouldn't list this on my favorite. There's a gentleman named Chris Moore, I believe his name is, who did a show yeah. called The Day Today. Have you ever heard of it? No. It was a it was like their version of The Daily Show. Okay. Alan Parch, um, Steve Coogan was on it. Uh, oh, I think I've seen some of that because I went through a whole like I love sports. Steve he was the sports yeah. guy on it, so you've probably yeah. seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I love Steve Coogan, man. That guy had a sketch show called Brass Eye, which is by far the most fucked up thing you ever. <laughs> the, like, 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 even Day Today got like banned because they did they did an episode called. Did you know when he get banned from the BBC? What was it That's called? Bad. It was called Pedophilia Geddon. <laughs> and it was supposed to be like an hour long news report on the, on pedophilia, but it was basically an hour worth of pedophilia jokes. Oh God! So that's another good show. But I got League of Gentlemen. Uh huh. Um, I used to like to throw Little Britain in there, but with some time, Little Britain's not very good. I've never watched it. Really? That's like no. the show most Americans have seen. Okay. I um, might have watched it because my grandparents love BBC America. <laughs> right on. At some point, I might have watched it. So I'll go with I'll go with Black Adder. Okay, yeah. And I of def- the Black Adders, I pick Black Adder Two, the Victorian era, the one. With, oh yeah. The one with um, uh, what's her name? Uh, hot older lady now who's in Southland. Uh, I don't. I can't remember her name, but she played Queen v- Elizabeth or Queen Victoria. What? Well, which one was it? I can't remember. But you've seen Black Adder. I've seen a lot of it because my friend Phil is the one that got me into all the BBC stuff. He got me way into Python. He got me into Blackadder. He has all that. He had it on VHS. You know what's funny, dude? I just realized I have this window. I'm recording this call, obviously, and I have it open. I have the window open. And as I'm sitting here, the size is going – it's basically going up 0.1 megabytes a second. That sounds about right. That's kind of funny, though, that I'm, like, watching a ticking clock of the size, like, 235 megabytes. Anyway, um, Blackadder, for those of you who don't know, is, uh, was a show that ran four seasons. Each mm-hmm. season was set about, I'll say, almost 100 years apart from each other. And mm-hmm. it was basically, um, the life, uh... The, the the family tree of the family Blackadder. It starts with a guy named Edmund Blackadder, then it moves on to his great-grandson, and so forth and so on. And it stars Rowan Atkinson, who most people know for as Mr. Bean, a character that doesn't talk. On Blackadder, he's the wittiest, most verbose character in possibly TV history. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, I'm a huge Rowan Atkinson fan. So much so that, like, I don't think the gentleman gets enough credit at all. No, he doesn't. Because people know him as Mr. Bean, which is okay and silly, but so far from the genius that Blackadder is. It is true. And my number three, I'll go with the show I only discovered about three months ago, but it, I'm, I love it so fucking much 
that it's got it's by far on that list, sir. And mm. that that would be uh I'm gonna take you on a little journey through space and time to the world of the mighty Boosh. Yeah, I, I just started watching that a little oh, bit. I need to get more the, into it. The Boosh is fucking amazing, dude. When I first saw it, I was thrown off by it. I genuinely was. And it, <laughs> and then once you see it, I was thrown off by um by Vince, by Noel Fielding's character. The kind mm. of long-haired, always fancy-dressed-up, anthropomorphic-looking guy or whatever. Because it was such a weird, snide delivery. I was like, I don't, I don't get this show. Is it a sitcom? Is it, is it supposed to be fa- like? Once you get into the bush, though, dude, there's no fucking turning back. <laughs> like it's so, it's so, it's so brilliant. It's, it completely exists in its own universe, though. Like the shit that goes on in that show would not be funny in any other show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So we got- another show that I really liked. One of my early BBC discoveries was the original trigger happy tv with dom jolly yeah the original original yeah was was that the original i just know the one where like that is the original dude in the theater with a giant phone and yeah he brought it over from england that's funny i mean dude i can all the furries in that show we could do an entire episode on british on british television i mean you got you got the young ones is another show uh, i was huge on have you ever seen that no, but it's on the. It's, I think I might have downloaded an episode. Rick, Rick Mayall is in it. The guy from uh, Drop Dead Fred. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Drop Dead Fred's like the star of the show. Wow. I have to check that out. Yeah, he's also on Blackadder as Lord. Yeah, Flash. yeah, he is. That's right. He's Flashheart. Yeah. You've seen that episode? I think I have. But Phil's. Phil made me watch so much stuff in college. That's the it's episode all- where Blackadder falls in love with this chick who's pretending to be a boy, and they're gonna get married. And right at the oh, end, yeah, okay. right at the end, Flashheart busts in and like steals her away. But just the shit he says, like the nurse happens to be wearing a beard. He goes, "Hey, nursey, love the beard. Gives me something to hold on to." <laughs> hey, Queenie, looking good. <laughs> I. Uh, she goes, I've got something to admit. I like to wear boys' clothing. And I find it strangely comforting to wear the underwear of a woman. I think we'll get on fine. <laughs> Come on, let's... I, dude, I love that fucking show. So that's British television, Brendan. Anime. Boom. Anime See, TV. Hey, anime TV. For- I don't watch any anime TV. Like, the only show I really watched on a regular basis was Pokemon. That counts. Okay, Pokemon. And I, I did watch about... Six episodes of Samurai Champloo, only and like, I really like that. There's only like twelve. Why didn't you just finish it? Because it was my roommates, and I love Samurai Champloo, dude. Mugen, I really like that. Mugen's a fucking incredible. That's pretty character. much all I've ever watched. Really? Yeah. Pathetic. Anime's not my area. Pathetic. Of P- Pathetic. I've watched a bunch of anime movies. Pathetic. I will go with. Two Shinichiro Watanabe shows make that list. Cowboy Bebop. And Sh- Samurai Champloo. I think he's, he's on, if, if Hayao Miyazaki is the master of, of animated features, then Watanabe is the master of animated television over there. Like, there's nothing Definitely. better than, in my opinion, than Cowboy Bebop. And then, I mean, I gotta go, I gotta go with the thing that's been the focus of my life for like the past <laughs> six months, dude. Fucking One Piece. I don't even know what that is. It's the longest running anime in television history. It's on episode like 495. Damn. It's about it's about, What's pir- it about it's about pirates. Oh, you told me about this, yeah. And they all have Sounds- 
They have special fruit. Like some of them have powers and stuff. It's so in depth and special like powers. They're yeah. They they're devil fruit. They grow in the sea basically. And like if you okay. eat, if you eat them, like the main character Luffy ate something called the gum gum fruit, which means he's a rubber man. He's like Reed Richards. But the thing is, if you eat a devil fruit, you can't. You lose the ability to swim. Ooh. So Luffy, Luffy, the whole point of the show is Luffy wants to be king of the pirates. There's a treasure called the One Piece that was buried. I've talked about this in depth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I like One Piece. Uh, feature films, dude. I think we, I think we both agree on number one. Which would be Spirited Sen- Away. Sentu Chihiro no Hanamuke. Yeah, I would say Spirited Away number one. Number two for me. I don't know if you. This might blow your you mind. Go Ghost in the Shell. No, I'm gonna go Grave of the Fireflies. Really? I love that movie. You're depressing. I mean, I love it's that. It's the movie. most depressing movie I've I ever love that seen movie my too. entire life. Hey, I'm surprised you've seen it. For people who haven't, if you're not familiar with the film Grave of the Fireflies, as a it takes place after the um, atomic bombings in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It's a little boy and his and his sister. Uh, their parents get killed in the bombings, and it's basically them trying to. Trying to live. Survive nuclear fallout. It's, a, <laughs> it's horrible. It's a horrific film. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful film. It's a beautiful, beautiful... The film. reason why I watched it is because I was reading one of Ebert's books, and he said, this is one of this is like in my top five of the 80s, and I was like, wow. Yeah, it's an older film than people think, too. Um, 87. I think it was Takahata. A guy named Isha Takahata directed it. I'm not sure, though. But I think it's the same guy who did My Neighbor, the Yamadas. I don't know. I'm not for you, for people who are listening. But wow, Grave of the Fireflies! All right, man. What what do you, what else do you got? So spirited away. I really liked. Um, I mean, if I was gonna go back to Miyazaki, uh, nah, I haven't seen all of Miyazaki's movies. That's, shamefully, that's embarrassing. It is. Um, so I would have to say I I really liked um, Metropolis. The um, you do? Yeah. I forget who did that. I think the guy was actually. Did, I think the guy the did Akira. Anime movie I ever watched. Right on. I've I've actually never seen it. It's really good. Right on. I will go Spirited Away hands down. I think is the best animated film of all time. Not just anime. I think it's yeah. better, better than Snow White. Better than I think. It, I think it's by far the, the the Wizard of Oz of animated films. It's the most incredible, uh, transcendental, if you will, like. Just amazing magical fucking fairy tale ever. Mm-hmm. Like Spirited Away to me, it never gets better than that. Um, I'm gonna. I, I love Ever Miyazaki, so I want to keep Miyazaki off the list. I'm gonna go uh, number two. I would go with a film. You know what? I think I'd go with a film called Tekon Concrete. Yeah, I watched that. It was good. It was it's all a, over the it's place. It's kind of American. It's American-made, sort of yeah. too. The director's American. I love that. It's based on a Japanese manga, though. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I also watched that other one that came out around what, the same Paprika? time. That one was fucking. Not I couldn't. I had no well, idea what was going on. After, I turned it off after fifteen minutes. I watched the whole thing, but I was. It took. It was. A, it took strength. Tech on concrete to me. If you haven't seen it, folks, it, it's like a weird, super fucking hyper hip hop, bloody. Like, how would you describe it? I don't know. It was a trip. It's, it's a trip, dude. It's fucking nuts, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and the visuals are are incredible. Uh, I really like that. For number three, I don't know. I, like I, I would instinctively go Totoro. Cause I that, you haven't said Akira. 
That was a movie. Akira? I do like Akira. That's what I was kind of playing around with saying. But I was playing around with it too. But it just seems too obvious. It seems too obvious. That's the whole thing. But but once you know what, I, you know what, I will go Akira. But you got to give it props. I will go Akira, Akira and just just for fucking for Tetsuo. Yeah, Tetsuo and himself. Like if that 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 was pro- that's that has to be the first anime I ever saw in terms of. I mean, I saw Totoro first. But of being aware of, like, okay, this is Japanese animation, this is... I, I think Akira or Ghost in the Shell, which I don't like Ghost in the Shell. I like the video game Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> is there a video game? Yeah, it was a PlayStation. It was pretty kick-ass. Dude, awesome segue. Video games, go. Oh, dude. Well, I already said my number one um, last Brendo Man minute, or a couple Brendo Man minutes ago. That would be Super Mario Brothers 3. By the way, I snuck in a I snuck in a rant in here. Did you hear it? Uh uh-uh. Just pretend you did. There's we had, we had a guest rant. Oh oh yeah, <laughs> ranting. Jeez. Because we might have to we might have to wrap this bad boy up soon, dude. We'll do we'll do the second installment of this like in a few weeks though. Okay, so number two, I think I also already talked about that. What would you be go with for number one? Super Mario Brothers three. Okay, go. Number two of movie of games that is oh god that um. Um, that would be Maniac Mansion 2, Day of the Tentacle. Okay. Um, you should say Maniac Mansion 2? Because I love Maniac Mansion okay, as well. Right, right. <laughs> and number three... Mm, that's really hard, actually. I would have to say, at this point, um, Oblivion, Elder Scrolls 4. Um, the Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Right on. It's like this epic role playing game. It's the it's the same guys that did Fallout Three. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And it's, it was their big. Bethesda? It was like the launch title. Yeah, it was a launch title with like Xbox 360. It's on PS3. I've heard. But it's of it. like it just. I played it for like 120 hours. And speaking of which, I mean, I think I have. I think I'm up to like 180 on Fallout. Fallout well, Three is my number. I can't three. even play that right now because I don't have that kind of time. Boom! Real quick, one, two, three. You go. Super Mario RPG will forever be the, my favorite video game ever made. <laughs> Legend of the Seven Stars. I mean, I still have, I, I I've played that game to its completion. I, I'd say fifteen times in my life. Like Mallow and Gino and like I, those. That is, I went to Hawaii on my thirteenth birthday. We went to Maui. I spent ninety percent of the vacation inside the arcade playing Super Mario RPG with this Japanese kid. Wow! Like switching off. Awesome. Like I didn't even go to the beach. Uh, okay. Number two, Final Fantasy Nine. Controversial, I know, but I like mm. I like seven. I love nine. Do you remember which one nine is? I don't even know if I played nine. Squall, Vivi, Zidane, Steiner. Okay. It was the the one that took place in the past. Did you not play yeah. nine? I don't think I did. That you've not played every game since seven. No, because I didn't have a PlayStation. Wow. No, that's I, that's my PlayStation. That's, that's one constant in my life. The one thing that I'm, I don't really play video games that much anymore. But the one thing that pulls me back is every couple years I get heavy into a Final Fantasy game. You know what I mean? My PS One died in two thousand. Oh shit! All right, number three. I go uh, so I go Super Mario RPG, Final Fantasy Nine, Fallout Three, dude. I gotta give it to him. It's fucking. It's it's breathtaking. It, it's so far for me. It's been awesome. I just. I had no idea what I was getting into. I was on. I was. We were. We were in New York. Me and Josh. I was there for to work on. Um, what's now called Cop Out? I guess Cop Out. <laughs> I kind of like Cop Out. 
I like it. I mean, it's just, it's just funny that I spent like five months of my life working on something called a couple of dicks and now it's not anymore. But, um, uh, my t-shirt, my crew t-shirts will be worth money. There you <laughs> go. Uh, so I was hanging out and I was looking for video games in the store and I was like, what's Fallout? Like, I've heard of that. I'd never even, I didn't even know what I was getting into. And I put the game in. I looked at the box and I was like, post-apocalyptic DC, that sounds kind of cool. And Josh is from there. He's like, oh, that's a trip, man. So I bought it on a whim. I, that, I've played that video game more than I've ever played a video game in my life. <laughs> Seriously, I think. I think I've spent more hours on Fallout 3 than I've ever spent on a video. Oh, See, Pokemon, yeah, me. I knew it was a no, trap. No, 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 no. Pokemon Blue. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But for me, I knew I couldn't really get... I had it's to take a trap, time dude. Away because oh, it's a fucking Akbar to the nine. I think I've put in twenty hours, and I feel like I have done nothing. You've done nothing. You've you've done nothing. I know. I've done nothing. That's crazy. Got but like I love 4% it. Four percent of the game done. Yeah, it's the big. It's the biggest video game ever made. Yeah, and I love that because you know I was a I was a WoW player. I love the huge. I just love the endless play. Right. I love a huge game. Quick fire, dude. Ready? Okay. Amusement parks. Disneyland. Okay, I will... Animal Kingdom. Yeah, you keep going. Yeah, yeah, Disneyland, Animal Kingdom. No, 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 not Animal Kingdom. Epcot. And then um, number three. Um, this is going to sound really cheesy, but it's closed now. It was called Santa's Village. I've heard... It was in San Bernardino. I know what Santa's Village is. I'm a geek. I, I mean, I'm a, a, a theme park geek. Okay, so number three, Santa's Village. I've seen photos of it on Disney blogs. Um... I go Disneyland, King's Dominion in Virginia. That's badass. I've never been there. The Paramount Park, dude, where like mm-hmm. it had a Wayne's World section and like a fucking uh, all kinds of cool shit. Used to have one out here, but they got taken over by somebody. And number three, I will go with Cedar Point. Another one I haven't been to that I would love to go to. And I sang the step-by-step theme Have you song. been on Top Thrill Dragster? Yeah. Is it badass? Yeah, and I sang the step-by-step theme song on the, <laughs> on the, on the wooden one. Like, I was with my friend, and we were like, whoa. Yeah, it was, it was cool, dude. That's the exact shot. Yeah, it is, yeah. Like, I, I went on that same coaster. Yeah, yeah, That was like that. I have a few of those moments. That and the first time I moved to L.A. and I drove through Griffith Park and I did the Roger Rabbit Tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> I had, um, I drove through... You haven't been through- to Wally World yet, have you? What? Is there a Wally, you- World? Wally World? Magic Mountain. Six Flags Magic Mountain oh, is really? Wally World. Yeah. Um, first time I drove through the Roger Rabbit Tunnel, I drove through and I was like, oh my god, that was the Roger Rabbit Tunnel. So then mm-hmm. I immediately went back to my house, burnt smile, smile darn you smile, onto, <laughs> onto my iPod and drove back. Dude, I'm not lying. The next day I drove through it. I believe you. Like I, I segged up my iPod, I synced it up. So it hit it right on the fucking, like, as I was driving through, and I was like, smile, darn you, smile. And I, it was, dude, that was one of the best moments of my life. I have problems. <laughs> uh, you pick a subject. Go. Uh, I don't know, dude. Oh, you motherfucker. Saturday morning cartoons. You dead air motherfucker. All right. Saturday morning cartoons. Real Ghostbusters. Uh, shit, I can't remember what was on Saturday morning anymore. I like Eek a lot, I feel like. Okay, well, they could be afternoon cartoons, just oh, like well, kids' cartoons. We already did cartoons. Yeah, but those are when we're like, whatever, okay, you're right. Saturday morning cartoons. Real Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's um, my number one. 
I think Eek the Cat I really liked a lot, man. I really I enjoyed Eek the Cat. I'm not gonna lie. And there had to been something else on that Ghostbusters early '90s ABC Morning lineup that I liked, but I can't remember it right now. Maybe, maybe it is going to be embarrassing. Uh, a pup named Scooby Doo. I love that show. Yeah, with Red Herring. Yeah, and Shaggy. They had a character named Red Herring. Yeah, That's Red, Herring Red Herring was the bad guy. Yeah, I except liked, he wasn't because he was a Red Herring. I know. I liked a pup named Scooby Doo. <laughs> I did too, and I liked the Flintstone Kids. I, I also like Scooby and, Sh- and Scrappy. Yeah, I hate Scrappy. Just for the theme song, though. Yeah. Do you remember it? Uh, which Scooby, one is it? Scooby. Oh, Scooby. Scrappy. Scrappity-doo. Yeah, okay, I remember that one. And then there was the 13 Goats of Scooby-Doo. Yes, that one wasn't so good. That wasn't so good. Okay, mine really quick would be Real Ghostbusters. There was a show... I don't know what network it was on. It was called Fantastic Max, and it was about a baby who had a spaceship shaped like a bottle. <laughs> and I seriously loved it. I used to um, watch a lot of Magic School Bus, now that I think about it. That was a little too old for and me. And the one it, thing with Magic School like, Bus, for, if anyone ever watched it, there was that one kid, like the tough kid. He always wore <laughs> his backwards hat, but even in bed. <laughs> I always remember pointing that out to my brother, being like, he literally never takes that hat off. Like, I think he's bald in seven and then my number three would be a tie between the Snorks and the Smurfs. Nice. Because I love both of them, and they were pretty much the same thing. I wasn't I wasn't really big on either, unfortunately. Uh, Sing along with the Snorks. Uh, oh, M- Muppet, actually, no. Muppet movies. Muppet Babies. Muppet oh, Babies. Muppet Babies. Was that a Saturday morning cartoon? Yes. Okay, then that's yes. got to be my number one. Okay, yeah, now I just, I just kind of, when you, as soon as you said Muppets, I was like, oh, shit, Muppet Babies. I can't wait. Dude, that's, that, honestly, out of any DVD, that is my Angus. I will buy those. That is my Angus. Uh, really? Yeah. I think it's because they have to get right because they use all the movie is, clips. Like Ghostbusters, I remember, was in the opening credits. I saw the Star Wars parody episode before I saw Star Wars. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. 100%. Like, I, Obi-Wan a bony. I was like, I saw a Star Wars parody episode, and then I was like, hey, I think there's a movie called Star Wars that they're making fun of. Like, it might be good. And then I remember I was at my friend's house, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's that movie from that Muppet Babies episode. Yeah, I had moments like that throughout my life, watching, like, old movies, like, westerns and stuff. I'd be like, holy crap, Muppet Babies. Okay, top three Muppet Muppets. Top three Muppets. Yeah. Oh, I'm not good at that. Favorite Muppets. Uh, for me, number one probably is Fozzie. Okay. He totally and I know is. Because that's me. Like, that's you, and what's my number one? <laughs> I don't know. If you're Fozzie, dude, that's funny. Cause I, you're Kermit? No, man. Gonzo? Yeah, man. Yeah, you're Gonzo. Yeah, if you're fi- that's funny that you. I was gonna say you are Fozzy. because <laughs> I am Fozzy. Then um, I always like the penguins. <laughs> okay, I did, and 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 Ralph. Okay, I will go with Gonzo. Ralph- I would go with Gonzo number one. I also like Ralph. I'll go Ralph number two. I for some reason I would just really like Ralph. I'm like the rest of them don't really pay much attention to him. It's kind of mean, like. He's like well, the, the thing about Ralph. He's the smart one. He's black. He is he's the only one that was actually good at his job. Everybody else couldn't do their job. Skeeter was okay. It wasn't his fault. It was kind of, but he was kind of bumbling. 
Um, and then number but three, Ralph would actually play the piano. And then it would be a tie between Sweetums and Sam the Eagle. I, I like, yeah. Okay. Top yeah. three m- films, Muppet movies. Ooh. Does, okay, does Sesame Street movies yeah, count? Yeah, obviously. Okay, number one is Follow That Bird. <laughs> okay, same with me. Um, number two is um, the Muppet movie. Okay. And number three would be Muppets Take Manhattan because I think that's the first one I saw in the theater. See, I go caper over anything else. But I see for me Manhattan, it's because of sentimental thing. Because I I remember very clearly seeing that in theater. I go caper because of the music. Yeah, the music in Caper is great. Like Happiness Hotel and Hey Movie and the first time and all like everything. It had everything but somebody's getting married, which was in Manhattan. Yeah, for me Manhattan just because it was. First one I saw in theater. Right on, homie. Uh, Big deal for me. I'm super nostalgic. If you haven't figured that out yet, I think I think I think I, I gleaned I gleaned <laughs> a little bit. Um, sir, you know what I think we should do? What should we do? I think we should continue this conversation in a few weeks. We'll get some some distance between us. Uh, next week on the show, uh, uh, I'm gonna break the trend a little bit and have our first non-geek guest on. Oh, I, I can't wait for this one. I think it'll be really entertaining. Outsider perspective. A, f- a, friend, yeah. of our, a friend of ours who goes... Probably just going to make fun of everybody. A friend of ours who goes by the name of Be Fresh, Bumpin' Fresh, will be on the show. Bumpin' Fresh from fabulous, Bethes- fabulous downtown Bethesda, Maryland. All he's going to do is talk about the wire. Uh, uh, Bumpin' Fresh. Bumpin' Fresh has some years on us. He's got some... some other life experiences. Let's see what his take on the whole geek world is. And, yeah, uh, and on that note, on the note of the geek world, Brendo, Hey, did you ever, did you ever imagine what it would be like if I read giant size X-Men number one to you? <laughs> yes, I do. I dream that all the time. It might sound a little bit like this. It's been bagged aboard and it's been real folks. What? What? From the ashes of the past, there grows the fire of the future. The grandeur and glory begin anew with... Second Genesis. Winseldorf, Germany. Nestled deep in the Bavarian Alps, this tiny village has hardly changed over the centuries. In Winseldorf, life is gentle, peaceful, for nothing ever happens to disturb the domestic... Tranquility? This way, man! The monster went this way! Monster, is it? The fools. It is they who are the monsters. They with their mindless prejudices. Perhaps things would be simpler, safer, if I had just stayed with their Yarmacht. But the life of a carnival freak is not for me. Not for Kurt Wagner. Let them come if they must. Let them try to kill me. At least if I die, it will be as a man. Ironically, the astonishing leap alone lends doubt to Kurt Wagner's humanity. We've got him now! Come down, monster, or we'll burn you down! And his hideous howling, like that of a banged beast, denies it completely. Go away, you fools! I have done nothing! 
But the only response the cornered misfit receives is one he hardly expected. They're utterly mad! Their threats were serious! They'll destroy the village to make certain they destroy me. And for what reason? I came along them only to learn, yet all I've learned thus far are the ways of blind, unreasoning violence. Well, if that is all that those who dwell in the normal world have to teach me, I will show them that I learn my lessons well. Very well indeed. Howling wildly, Kurt Wagner plunges through the thick of the mob until the sheer weight of its numbers carries him down. We have him! We have him! Quickly, brings a stake! Now, monster, we will be rid of you. Now, we will... Stop! And remarkably, they do. Thus, the... They're not moving. What has happened to them? I happened to them, Kurt Wagner. My name is Charles Xavier. You did this to them, but how? Why? I heard you say you'd come here to learn, my friend. I'm a teacher. I run a school for gifted youngsters such as you. A school for mutants. Mutants? Yes, I have heard this word. You are a mutant, Kurt. I can help you find your true potential. Can you help me be... normal? After tonight's misfortune, Kurt, would you truly want to be? Perhaps not. I only want to be a whole Kurt Wagner. If you can make that, teacher, I will go with you. Chapter 2 Quebec, Canada A few people know of this secluded military installment. Fewer still know of its purpose. It is the home base of a special government agency, and its very special government agent. That agent's cipher-coded Weapon X. They're waiting for you in the conference room, sir. Let them wait. It's good for the soul. But better known to us as the Wolverine. All right, gents, I'm here. Now, who's this bigwig you want me to meet? I'm the bigwig Wolverine, Professor Charles Xavier, at your service. Am I supposed to be impressed? Apparently, the top brass is impressed, Wolverine. All I know is that the professor is here to make you some sort of offer. An offer, eh? Okay, prof, you piqued my curiosity. What's the deal? I'll come straight to the point, then. I know of your recent battle with the Hulk, and moreover, I know of your powers. You, my friend, are a mutant, and I have need of mutants. Desperate need. But what about my position here? I'm offering you a chance to become a free agent, a chance to learn to put your powers to their greatest use. A chance to get out from under the red tape and rigmarole, eh? All right, Professor, you found your man. What? Not so fast, fella. The government has invested a great deal of time and money turning you into what you are now. You try walking out on us and I'll have you locked up. Uh Uh-huh. Seems you don't get my meaning, friend. This is still a free country, isn't it? So, I'm resigning my commission. Effective immediately, unless you have any further objections. I didn't think so. Believe me, mister, you haven't heard the last of this. 
Anytime you want me, you know where to come looking. Come on, prof. Let's go. Chapter 3 Kenya, East Africa. Atop a lonely knoll, there stands a great stone portal. Men come to it in humility, their voices raised in praise and song and powerful supplication. Aurora, great goddess of the storm, the voices cry. Come unto us and ease our burden. And with the hollow peal of thunder and the moan of lonely winds, the storm goddess comes. I am here, my children. What do you wish of me? There is drought upon the land, blessed one. Our crops wither, our grasses parch. Ten goats and chickens shall we slay in your honor only if you bring us rain. Her eyes are crystal blue and older than time. They sparkle as she answers. Save your beasts, my children. You need them more than I. I will do as you plead. Her liquid eyes grow dark then, and the sky grows dark as well. Once more the howling winds come up and sweep the storm goddess away. She soars aloft like an ebon bird, lightning glancing from her fingertips, the glow of life shining full upon her face. She is happy here, only truly happy here among the elements. And the raging sky, touched by her happiness, weeps. When the storm goddess returns to Earth at last, her joy is shared by all. A most impressive display, Aurora. Truly beautiful. Who are you? What business have you in Aurora's land? I am called Xavier, and I have come to make you an offer I pray you will not refuse. And... Offer? What have you to offer a goddess? You have a land, Aurora, and people who adore you. I offer you a world, and people who may fear you, hate you, but people who need you nonetheless. The world I offer is not beautiful, but it is real. Far more real than the fantasy you are living now. You are no goddess, Aurora. You are a mutant, and you have responsibilities. Come with me, child. Taste the world outside. You may find its flavor bitter or surprisingly sweet. You present a most peculiar argument, yet I sense a deep sincerity in your words. All right, I will come with you. Perhaps the time has come for me to leave the nest at last. Osaka, Japan. Two old acquaintances share tea in the splendid garden of Shiro Yoshida. I know your feelings towards the Western world, Yoshido, and I would not have come to you, but you require help that only I may give. So, I owe you nothing, Professor, but perhaps I owe something to myself. Perhaps it is time once more for the world to hear from Sunfire. Lake Baikal, Siberia. It has been a good year for the Ust-Ordinsky Collective Farm. The crop has been larger than expected. The wheat fills the fields like an amber sea, and those who toil in the fields are filled with a feeling of satisfaction 
the knowledge of a job well done, and fear? <sighs> Peter, look! Your sister! What is... No! Peter Rasputin looks up from his work and his eyes grow wide with horror. He discerns it all in an instant. The runaway tractor. The child playing blindly in its path and without hesitation. Peter Rasputin is running, legs pumping, heart pounding, the very air around him crackling with the energy of his exertion. Energy released in a most astonishing manner. The armored machine bears relentlessly down upon the unwitting child. And as an armored colossus snatches her from its path, there is no time for Peter Rasputin to move out of harm's way. Thus, he stands his ground as the rampant tractor plunges toward him, and he wonders how his poor neighbors will ever afford to buy another. That, though, is a worry for another day. This day will be filled with problems enough. Peter Rasputin, I wish to talk to you. That voice in my head, who... By now, we know the answer to that question. So, moments later... You want me to go with you to America? But if I possess such a power as you say, does it not belong to the state? Powers such as yours belong to the world, Peter. To be used for the good of all, and believe me, your powers are needed. Then come, we will talk of this with my parents. And so, this professor wants to take me with him to teach me how to deal with my mutant powers. There is wisdom in his words, Papa. But I am happy here. Tell me, Papa, what should I do? Do as your heart tells you, my son. It will not betray you. My heart tells me to stay, Papa. But my conscience tells me otherwise. I must go, Papa. Then it is right that you do. Do svidanie, Pieter. Our love goes with you. Do not worry, Mama. I will write you. Goodbye, Papa. I will make you proud. We already are proud, my son. Camp Verde, Arizona. John Proudstar does not like the reservation. He does not like to watch the old ones sitting slumped against their doorsteps, dreaming dreams of glories long gone. John Proudstar is an Apache, and he's ashamed of his people. The Apache were meant to be hunters, warriors, not sad-eyed, whimpering squaws. They were meant to run free through the crisp plain grasses, the wind blowing wildly through their hair. One nothing could stand before the Apache. The bison that covered these plains fell like rain before Apache skill, Apache bravery. But never did any bison fall like this. There, horned one, do you see? There is still a man among the Apache. And such a man I have been looking for, John Proudstar. Huh? Now how in the blazes did a cripple get way out here? Now that it matters much. You got five seconds to vamoose, white eyes. I don't want company, especially yours. Don't be too hasty, my young friend. I've come to help you fulfill your dream. To give pride back to your people. You are special, John Proudstar. You are a mutant. And you are needed. And you can stuff a cactus cluster. The white man needs me, that's tough. 
I owe him nothing but the grief he's given my people now. Beat it. I offer you a chance to help the world and you turn your back on me? Then perhaps what they say is true. Perhaps the Apache are all frightened, selfish children. Okay, that does it. Ain't nobody that calls me a coward, mister. I'm as good as the next guy. Hell, I'm better. You give me a chance, I'll prove it. And you will have your chance, John. I promise you that. But will you, any of my new X-Men, be equal to the task that lies before you? Or will you carry the world down into ruin? Find out in our next installment of Second Genesis Part 2 A Camel Toad Production Meow.